kick on the way. It is good. And the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Dolphins win, and the Bengals will pick first in the 2020 NFL Draft. A new quarterback. I'm excited more so than nervous, I would say. A new season. Again, it's it's until you actually play in a game. Um, you don't exactly know what it's going to look like, but um, just lead this team to score points. A new chance at turning around a franchise after one of the worst seasons in its history. TV, we only get a few minutes to share each story, but here we get to tell you all the details about stories that are important to Greater Cincinnati. I'm Stephen Albritton, and this is WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. Today on the pod, a 2-14 season is in the past, and all eyes are on the future of the Cincinnati Bengals. With Heisman Trophy winner and first overall pick Joe Burrow taking over the offense, head coach Zach Taylor is ready to lead this team in a new direction with division titles, conference titles, and hopefully Super Bowls in the future. WLWT News 5 sports reporter Brandon Seho joins me to talk all things Bengals leading up to game one. Some of us did not think it would get here, but it is. The NFL season is upon us. We are going through the Bengals right now. Sports reporter Brandon Seho is joining me on the Beyond the Studio podcast. Uh, Brandon, first thoughts. I mean, you've been covering sports a long time and through this pandemic. Did you think the NFL season would get here and we are about to you know, let these teams go to work? I had no idea because you don't know what's going to happen tonight in 2020. So I am so excited. Football is back. There's a reason to be excited here in Cincinnati with you know new faces. Obviously, number one pick Joe Burrow, uh, but the draft picks just a different team this year. Are they going to win the Super Bowl this year? Probably not. But I think there's a reason to be excited, uh, and hopefully they live up to the expectations, unlike maybe the other team in town is doing right now, playing baseball. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's backtrack for a second. You could call it a season to forget. 2-14, and 14, lost their first 11 games, only beat the Jets and the Browns last season, finishing 2-14, and 14, but they did get that first overall pick, selecting Joe Burrow, quarterback Ellis from LSU. So we're going to talk about the offense right now. Joe Burrow, the talk out of camp has been nothing but thumbs up and praise um, but from what you're hearing from the people you talk to talking to coach Taylor even talking to uh, Burrow and interviewing him you know what's the feeling on him as he goes to face the Chargers uh, this Sunday Zach Taylor could not praise Joe Burrow more saying you know earlier this week that he is the starter when he walked in the door you know you're the number one pick you can't just pick anyone you're picking who you want to help change your franchise hopefully and lead you to championship seasons so zach has called joe a total pro he's looked at since we've been there he's been crisp he had one scrimmage where he you know had a couple incompletions and an interception but let's remind everybody he's a rookie uh the spotlight's on him but he doesn't let that get to him another sports reporter in town asked burrow uh i think it was last week you know are you nervous at all less than two weeks out of playing in your first nfl game and he said have you ever read anything about me being nervous so i don't think burrow's nervous at all we get to talk to him in a couple days before uh, kickoff on sunday so i'm interested to see what burrow's take is now that he's you know, days, hours away from his NFL debut. But ever since we've talked to him, since he's got here, he's been confident. He's the first person on the field. He's a leader. He's even, you know, doing his rookie duties of pulling the dummies in from practice and moving them around. So Joe Burrow, 
before he's played an NFL snap, has lived up to the expectations of what everyone saw in the Heisman Trophy winner, the national championship winner, and the number one pick. The Bengals are hoping they can win with him and win now. And and Zach Taylor said uh, earlier this week that Burrow is the guy. He's, he's, uh, you know, he wants him to lead this team and put up points. That's a simple answer. And I think Bengals fans will be very happy if he can do that. Yeah, and hopefully the the wins come with that leading and putting up the points. But, you know, one thing you and I talked about before we started recording, the last meaningful game that Joe Burrow played was the national championship game when, you know, they were out there, you know, putting a ring on the finger. He hasn't taken any hits in practice because there was no preseason because of COVID. So the first game he will be playing like we mentioned, is against the Chargers and Joey Bosa, defensive, all-world defensive end. And it's just kind of weird that from snap to snap, this is going to be his first time getting hit in a long time. Right, and Burrow's a competitor. He's ready for it, but he doesn't know yet what the NFL game's like. Now, he's arguably the best college quarterback ever. So he's played in the SEC, he's played against great talent, but he hasn't played behind the Bengals' offensive line yet going up against, like you said, an all-world defensive end and Joey Bosa. So the matchup week one is really fun to see what the Bengals offense that has the number one pick at Joe Burrow and then a bunch of weapons, but then a, a offensive line that has a, a bunch of new pieces. You know, Jonah Williams, the, the top pick from last year's draft, finally gets on the field. So the no pre- preseason games, you know, Zach Taylor has talked to us about how they've done these scrimmages, the game day simulations inside PBS around times when the games are supposed to kick off. So they've tried to simulate it as much as they can, but you can't simulate fully when Joe Burrow doesn't have. I mean, he's got his old teammate from Ohio State, Sam Hubbard, coming at him quick in practice, but Sam gives him two hand touch like they're playing in the backyard. <laughs> they're not bringing him down. So I think that will be interesting to see how Joe Burrow handles the pocket pressure. He has a lot of pocket awareness. We've seen his escapability at LSU. We've seen it in practice too, but these guys, like I said, are having a two-hand touch and they can't take him down. So it'll be interesting to see how Joe Burrow and the O-line respond to a tough test like they have in week one. Yeah, so you mentioned the O-line. Let's move out to the weapons. AJ Green back. They franchise tagged him. He's healthy. Joe Mixon got a big contract extension just in the last couple of weeks. He's hoping to have a big breakout year, finish his career as a Bengal, and he hopes, and then and of course, uh, the Bengals also draft T. Higgins with their first pick of the second round. And you mentioned before, there's weapons all over the field. And the question is, can Burrow get them the ball? A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Gio Bernard, John Ross, Auden Tate. Uh, you know, there's so many weapons for Joe Burrow. It's a matter of if this Bengals offense... And maybe Joe's bringing a little bit of what he did at LSU, uh, combining that with Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, if they can make the magic happen on the field. Because if you look at the roster, there are stars on this team up and down on offense. A.J. Green, seven-time Pro Bowler. Joe Mixon has led the AFC in rushing, has multiple thousand-yard seasons. Uh there is, there is, you know, veteran guys who have done it. There are up and coming stars like T. Higgins, Joe Burrow's draft mate, and the guy he beat in the national championship game. Uh, we don't get to see the, uh, you know, the whole playbook, most of the playbook at practice. We can't, you know, put it on TV for our viewers to see. So I can't wait for week one to see what this offense looks like with 
healthy AJ Green, uh, you know, new contract Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow with a with a better improved offensive line. And you know it's it's different. It's not the same offense with, uh, as they had with Andy Dalton. I don't think now Zach Taylor, philosoph- you know, philosophy wise, I'm sure it'll be similar. But I'm excited to see what the playbook looks like and how RPO works into this. How they use the running backs, Geo and Joe, in the passing game, tight ends. Drew Sample, you know, Tyler Eifert's gone. What do they do with Drew Sample, who they took early a couple years ago in the draft? Uh, CJ Uzama. There's just so many different weapons on offense. So I'm interested to see how creative Zach, uh, Brian Callahan, and Joe Burrow can be, and hopefully how effective the offensive line can be to give them time to make all of this work. And no preseason game, I think, hurts that a little bit. But everybody's going to be rusty, and 2020 is weird for everyone. So uh, I think Sunday is going to be, you know, uh, a fresh start, eye-opening for everyone. But it's exciting nonetheless. Yeah. And last year, the Bengals' offense, uh, 17 points a game. That was 30th in the NFL. And even with their wins and losses, those first 11 losses, six of those came by a touchdown or less. So you can make the argument a little bit of improvement here and there. That might be a couple more wins down the line. But let's flip to the other side of the ball on the defense. It's something I I feel like nobody's really been talking about because I'll I've, just like you mentioned, the accolades are on offense. But they signed a big free agent in uh, Trey Waynes. Unfortunately, we're not sure when he'll be back. I think he just got placed on IR with a, a pectoral surgery. But tell us about the defense. What should people be looking out for? The strength of this defense for the last two, three years has been the defensive line. You have Carlos Dunlap, Pro Bowler Geno Atkins, Sam Hubbard's now in his third year hometown guy from Moeller that's really come on and been a great, great compliment to Carlos on the other end defensively. That defensive front, they had DJ Reader too in free agency. So that that defensive front, it, it you know might not be as notable as uh, you know L.A. with with Joey Bosa, but it's pretty darn good. So I think that's where it starts on defense. Any coach, it's football talk. You know, it starts up front in the trenches. So I don't want to say that the spot that's needed the most help over the, over the last couple years has been linebacker. The linebacker play hasn't been great, and that's what kind of scares me, and I think scares. Bengals fans when it comes to no preseason games because are they doing full tackling sometimes in practice? Yes, but it's not to the extent of what you're doing in a preseason game. So, you know, they go out and draft three linebackers, Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis Gaither, and Marcus Bailey in this draft. Three rookies that have never played in the NFL. They don't know what the NFL speed's like, but these are different type of linebackers and they're it's what the NFL, they need more hybrid linebackers. And that's what the Bengals drafted. That was obviously a big deal for them, which is why they drafted three in this year's draft. Now, you bring Jermaine Pratt back, who had an okay rookie year, but I think that group and unit learning together and getting up to speed and finally getting in a game, that's where this defense can make a break because the secondary it has, it, you know, when they went on that run of going to the playoffs five straight times, they had a, an amazing secondary, and it was one of the best overall defenses in the league. But now this DB group has a chance, and the injury we talked about is devastating to that, but the defensive back room has a chance to be really special. You get Von Bell from the Saints. That's a big deal. Veteran with a lot of winning football in his DNA. 
Jesse Bates has been nothing but on the rise since he's been in Cincinnati. Uh, William Jackson the third is a great shutdown corner. And, you know, there's just – I think the defense has a lot of potential. And as much as everyone, and rightfully so, wants to talk about all the offensive weapons – the Bengals did what the Reds did too this year. They threw a bunch of money in free agency. They, you know, they they draft the number one guy in Joe Burrow. I think both sides of the ball can be really exciting. It's just going to come down to execution, which is like what we talked about. Obviously, that's a big thing in football. But when you have no preseason, I think it, I think it's going to be slower for teams to be crisper. But another football, you know, coach speak, you make the biggest jump from week one to week two. So you can kind of bear with them in week one. Hopefully they get a win, though. Yeah, yeah. It might be somewhere where you where people aren't crisp and you might be able to do some things differently. Maybe get a win just because the other team might not be as crisp. But as far as that defense, they gave up 26 points a game last year. That was eighth worst in the NFL. Let's look at the coaching staff real quick. Zach Taylor, youngest coach in the league, going into his second year. From what he said, the things he's talking about, what kind of impact? is he trying to put on this Bengals team to kind of show that this team is improving for the Bengals? Because you mentioned they've been to the playoffs, but it's it's always you get in and then they're sent home pretty much immediately. What's he trying to do to this team to put his print on it and uh, take them further? I think Zach Taylor's number one goal is to change the culture of Bengals football. And that's the way he's spoken since he's got here. And last year, was about as bad as a first year on the job can go at two and fourteen. So I think he his number one goal is to is to win football games, to win a championship. But it starts by changing the culture. And I think you've seen that over the past year plus now that he's been the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, whether it be, you know, how the Bengals carry themselves, you know, at practice, how they carry themselves off the field, the way the front office works together uh, with the head coach now. And they, I mean, the money they spent and the moves they made are, are things that they just don't do all the time. And the Brown family is a very successful family in football for decades and decades, but they haven't been able to get over that hump of winning a playoff game here in Cincinnati in a long time. So I, I think Zach Taylor knew what he was getting into and knew the consistency that Marvin had. Marvin had success, but his time came and went, and Zach's a fresh, young, offensive-minded head coach. Now, even though it's 2020 and and COVID-19 has had a big impact on sports and and how you can practice, how how you play, this is now time to see if there is a big jump from year one to year two for Zach Taylor, his offense, and how he can get this team to win. Are they going to win 10 games? Are they going to go to the playoffs? I think that's a really, really big goal. But this team cannot go 2-14 and again. This team, like we've talked about, has weapons on both sides of the ball. You draft the number one pick. It's second year for both offensive, defensive systems. Joe Burrow is the biggest star in football right now. They they have a chance to, to build, and I think that's what Zach Taylor's main goal is is to build on what they did last year and the bar's low but I think it's almost kind of like a fresh start with 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 Joe here now as the QB and you know the receivers the running backs you have Mixon locked in obviously AJ wants to prove himself now he's in a you know contract year and was franchise tagged uh he'll happily take the 18 mil but (laughs) yeah I believe his wife said you're not turning that down (laughs) right And, and Zach Taylor hasn't had a chance to coach him in a game yet so the potential's there. It's 
just a matter of time to see what happens on the field. But I think Zach's number one thing, besides winning, was building a winning culture here. And from what I understand, the players I talk to and coaches I talk to, he has done that. Everyone respects Zach. And now they just want to win together. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we uh, take a quick break, you know, COVID-19, obviously, you, you, we talk about it daily here at WLWT, rightfully so, because it's impacting every facet of our life. But uh, the Bengals and Browns uh, had waivers granted by the state to have 6,000 fans at two home games. This is according to ESPN. Fans are going to be allowed at the Bengals' week four game against Jacksonville and week seven game against Cleveland. That, according to um, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. And uh, for Sayo, for you, in your interactions with the Bengals, what have they done to keep players safe? What have you seen? What are the players telling you? What is Coach Taylor telling you about this COVID situation, preparing this football team, and uh, making sure that uh, their players are good to go moving forward? The players and the organization have taken COVID-19 very seriously, from what I can see, just like the Reds have. And, you know, the rookies, they're staying in town, uh, you know, during camp at a hotel. The guys that are in town are, are doing the best they can to stay safe and stay at home because all these guys, their main goal, they want to have a season. They want to play football. Uh, it's their job. It's their livelihood, but it's also their passion. The Bengals organization has taken COVID-19 very seriously, and it's, you know, they started with testing when, you know, they had to t- get two negative tests before they can even come in the building when training camp started. Uh, these guys are wearing mass in the locker room. The locker room's now spread out. Um, they're using the one player I talked to told me the Bengals have about three or four auxiliary locker rooms for when colleges or high schools play at Paul Brown Stadium. Those are now being used as part of the home locker room to spread guys out and make sure they're you know applying social distancing, safety measures. Everyone's wearing a mask inside, temperature check. Uh, the Bengals haven't had really any issues with COVID-19 yet. The the only thing was, and this is just something as a sidebar that I applaud John Ross on completely, is he left camp because his young son tested positive and he had to go back to California and take care of his son, which I thought, you know, was just an amazing sign of being a great father, one, and two, the Bengals supported him all the way and said go. And so when he got back, he had a test negative. He's back on the field now, uh, ready to go for this season. So I think the Bengals are doing everything right when it comes to COVID. The players are taking it seriously. Coach Taylor's uh, taking it seriously. Now they have these uh, these like wristbands that beep when you get within six feet of each other, and they wear them all the time. So like when they're in the building, I guess they just, these things are just going off. <laughs> like crazy, like like old school beepers. But uh, yeah, no, they've taken it seriously. And I'm happy to see that because, um, you know, everyone wants football, but no one wants it more than the players and coaches. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to look at the schedule for the Bengals. How will they finish in the AFC North? What are some games that they, you can look out for to see Joe Burrow shine or some games that might be a little more difficult? More with Brandon Seho after the break. We've all seen it, that check engine light in our car. Do I check it now? Check it later? Can I keep driving? That one light doesn't tell you what you need to know. And if you get your weather from a symbol on your phone, you're not getting the full story. WLWT Weather has the only certified most accurate forecast in Cincinnati. It's where you get the difference-making details. You'll know exactly what to expect and when, so you can plan your day. WLWT Weather, Cincinnati's certified most accurate forecast. 
We're back on the Beyond the Studio podcast. Brandon Seho, sports reporter here at WLWT, is uh, joining me. We're going through the Bengals' schedule now. Um, Brandon, I know a lot of coaches that like to break down the season into chunks of four games, you know, play it out in a, you know, a quarter at a time. So for the Bengals, they open up against the Chargers on this Sunday. Um, just a note, we're recording this podcast on September 7th, Monday, just so everybody knows. Uh, but week one versus the Chargers at home, then at Cleveland, at the Eagles, then versus Jacksonville. What stands out to you in those first four games? Well, the number one thing I'm going to think about is Joe Burrow's debut and how he's going to handle being an NFL quarterback for the first time against, like we've touched on, a great uh, LA, not San Diego, Chargers, uh, you know, front in that defensive line led by Bosa. But what also stands out to me is week two, prime time, him and Baker going head to head in Cleveland against the Browns. I think that's going to be an awesome matchup to watch just because it's two number one picks, uh, two guys with big personalities. <laughs> and you know, Joe's a little quieter when it comes to the personality, but he definitely does have a big personality and swagger about him. I think this will be really fun to watch to see Maybe if the even the two the quarterbacks those two kind of reignite the the Cleveland Cincinnati football rivalry. Now the Bengals and Browns are always going to be rivals, but I think it's maybe been a little less fiery the last couple of years. You still have the fireworks every time you play the Steelers, the Ravens, uh, and Bengals have played some great games. But I like to see you know Baker and Burrow going back and forth all game and having a last minute drive win it. So I think that's what stands out to me. Uh, also, you know, playing two out of his first three NFL games on the road, it helps that uh, you know it's going to be limited fans in Cleveland. It's not a full uh, First Energy Stadium up there up north. But you know, playing the first two out of three of your NFL games on the road, that's a little bit challenging. But Joe Burrow's done it in front of 105,000 at Tiger Stadium. He's done it at Bama and won there. He's done it in a national championship. And he's got enough veteran guys around him to help him get used to this. But like we said earlier, he have you ever heard anything about me being nervous? Is the Joe Burrow quote, I haven't. So uh, no challenge is too big for him. Yep. So moving on to the uh, second chunk of the season, I'm talking week five. Uh, one to watch, in my opinion, a divisional game. They go at Baltimore in week five, followed by a trip to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Then they get the home, Browns at home in week seven and Titans at home in week eight. And, um, you know, two divisional games in that second group of four. Uh, hopefully somewhere they can compete because Lamar Jackson's going to be ready to go in week five. Lamar Jackson tore up the Bengals last year at home. It was one of the highlights of the year when he had a spin move on two Bengals linebackers and they collided and he ran for a touchdown. I've had some incredible moments that I've witnessed sports-wise in a press box. I don't know if I've ever seen a press box where everyone's jaw just dropped like it did on that play. So the Bengals' defense is motivated to play Lamar Jackson. I think, like we talked about with Baker, it's crazy the names of the quarterbacks in this division. So to have Burrow and Jackson going up against each other, I think will be really cool for for not just for not just Bengals fans and Ravens fans, but for the whole NFL. That's a premier matchup of that position. But like we talked about, the division games are always going to be tougher. The first two are on the road, and you play a team in Baltimore, 
that is competing and winning the division in recent years and in years to come with one of the top five quarterbacks in football, depending on, you know... What metric you're using as far yeah, as the exactly. quarterback? Between Tom yeah. Brady, Patrick Mahomes, I mean... Lamar Watson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lamar Jackson's the up list. there. Uh, so, uh, I think that, you know, that first half of the schedule that we're talking about, the two divisional games, but, but mainly the, the game at Baltimore, it looks like the toughest to me in that front. But, I mean, they're on the road uh, a lot to start the year, but if they can get a win against Cleveland at home and then try to stop Derrick Henry and the Titans at home that next week, uh, you know, th- th- this team could be, I don't know, I hate to do predictions, but at, I think at worst you're hoping for two, for two or three wins out of the first eight, and who knows, they could be four and four. It just depends on... How twenty twenty wants it to make wants it to happen? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, you, you almost feel like you're like teetering on the edge at all times of things shutting back down again. Um, so those are the first eight games, and then they kind of have the perfectly placed bye week in week nine, right there, smack dab in the center of the season. But when you come back in week ten, it's a trip out to Pittsburgh, divisional game, rivalry game, a healthy Big Ben at this point in time. Uh, then week eleven, you uh, head out to DC. Then you get the Giants at home, and then a trip to South Beach uh, to play the Dolphins. So this third chunk, I think it's all eyes on that Steelers game on the road, Burrow first time in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and the the limited fans helps. There's going to be less terrible towels, but there's still going to be terrible towels. So this is the game, and Burrow understands it. Being from Ohio, he knows what the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh rivalry is. I think he's going to understand it a lot more when he plays the Steelers for the first time and probably that week when we talk about it as reporters, fans coming up to him. Because Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, that's a rivalry not just for uh, Bengals and Steelers. It's a rivalry for Reds and and Pirates, for UC and Pitt, uh, you know, for skyline and uh what's the place that they put the the fries oh, on the for, sandwich for Manny brothers yeah for Manny brothers which is great i'm I, I love that sandwich i get it every time i go but the rivalry between these two cities is huge so i think uh that'll be a really big test for him handling you know that pressure of, of a big rivalry game and who knows where they're at that part of the season coming off a of bye week um if they're overperforming, there's even more hype there. Or if they're underperforming, there's some pressure there too. And Pittsburgh always plays great on defense. They always play great at home, and they always play great against the Bengals. So that, to me, even though it's a Sunday 1 o'clock kickoff in mid-November, might be the the toughest challenge for him of the year just based off history of Bengals-Steelers being on the road playing against a Steelers defense. But, you know, as we get down the schedule, they get the Steelers at home for Monday Night Football in late December, and that could be the game of the year. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get to the bottom half of the schedule, or the last uh, quarter here. Week 14, they head down to Jerry World and play the Cowboys. And like Brandon just mentioned, Monday Night Football, Week 15, that's here in Cincinnati to play the Steelers. Going to be to have the whole country watching what the old guard in uh, Big Ben versus the new guard in Joe Burrow. Uh, they head to play Deshaun Watson and the Texans in Week 16, and then the Ravens might not have much to play for Week 17, as good as they're built to 
be, but that's a home game um, against Cincinnati. So those last four games, uh, say what you're looking at. Well, let's look at this. You talked about the quarterbacks. You got Dak Prescott and backup quarterback Andy Dalton, former Cincinnati Bengals quarterback for a long time. And then you have Big Ben, Deshaun Watson, and for some reason, if they need to play for something, Lamar Jackson in Week 17. That's going to be a time where the Bengals' defense is really tested four weeks in a row. I mean, you think about the two quarterbacks, obviously, with Houston and Baltimore. I know Big Ben's getting up there. He can still sling it. But then you look at the run game. James Conner. Then you have Ezekiel Elliott. There are some challenges there defensively for the back end of the season. Uh, but, you know, you got to point to the Monday night game in Pittsburgh. Something always happens when the Steelers play here, especially in prime time. Most times it doesn't go the Bengals' way. But, you know, even two years ago, Antonio Brown walked off with a touchdown in the final minutes here when the Bengals had a lead. So even though the Bengals were down in 2-14 and 14 last year, that rivalry always has something. It's sports. Even if there's 5,000, 6,000 fans in the stands, it'll still be a fun game to watch. So, I, you know, I think this schedule, it's, it's not in, entirely difficult in a big picture, but when you play in the AFC North, that division, it, I mean, it's a dogfight every time. And it'll be interesting to see how all these new pieces, Joe Burrow on offense with his weapons, and then how the defense gels together and plays. And I really think the key to this team's success on offense, Joe Burrow, offensive line. Weapons are gonna are gonna make the plays if he if they can get him the ball. Defense, it's gonna be interesting to see how the linebackers, if they can improve and how that whole unit works together. So uh I'm ready. I'm ready for the season to start uh, here in a few days. Yeah, you and me both. So uh, with everything we've talked about from the offense, the defense, second-year coach uh, Zach Taylor, the way the schedule lays out, what will be the ceiling for the Bengals? What's the floor? And what what will be the measuring stick for this being a successful season for the Cincinnati Bengals? This is a tough question that someone's going to bring up to me in early January when the season's over. Uh, I'll say... The floor, they have to win. They have to win four games. They have to. I, I you can't go two and fourteen and then go two and fourteen again. Um, then after that, I mean the the ceiling. Oh, let them know. Let them know. Nine, maybe. Like like I don't know if you can go ten. Maybe you get some crazy lucky win in there in one of these divisional games, maybe a Monday Night Football against the Steelers. Uh, but I think middle of the pack, what, what the real expectations are, would be middle of the pack, which is 6-10. Uh, and 10. I don't think that's a bad season in year two for Zach Tedder, not a bad season for Joe Burrow's first year in the NFL. This team has talent, but they have to prove it on the field. Who knows? I mean, they could come out and start the season 2-1 and one and 3-0, and oh, and that you know, ceiling isn't that far off. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think six and 10, I don't think that's a bad season, maybe a seven and nine. Uh, so that, that's where, that's where I would put them. And this team has potential. They just have to go put it on, on the field and see if they can play together and win together 
with a lot of new pieces, and it starts with with Joe Burrow. Yeah, and I know people love to compare quarterbacks, and the, you know the one person I always go back to is Peyton Manning in his first year with the Colts, mm-hmm. three and thirteen, and set the NFL record for interceptions by a rookie with I believe it's twenty six. So, yeah, that's a lot of picks, but you got to throw it to score points, right? Right. So I mean, sometimes the other team might get it. Uh, so you know, Brandon, just kind of wrap things up. You know, this year has been wild. It's been crazy. Did you ever think, I mean, I, I guess, w- what's next for the Bengals? I mean, I, I don't even know how to how to phrase it or ask it because this has been such an off-the-wall year, but I guess for the people listening to this, listening at home, you know, what should they expect out of this Bengals team earlier on, and what should be that, that big thing that they uh, look at and say, like, all right, let's go Bengals, let's, let's, let's get it done this year? I think the fight you'll notice from this team. Last year at times... They may have looked defeated, and rightfully so when when you lose that many games. But Zach Taylor has this passion that I think is contagious, and above Zach Taylor's passion is Joe Burrow's energy. And I think the whole team looks at him as the leader already of that team, and he's still a rookie, but when he speaks, they listen he, he wants to win more than anything else. He's a competitor above everything else. So I think no matter how many games they win this year, you're going to see a Bengals team that fights and, and does their best to try to win. But in the end, I think they will get some results based off how hard they fight and how much this team wants to win and the culture of winning that Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow are building together down there at PBS. All right. So, like I said, we are recording this podcast on a Monday. The Bengals kick off against the L.A. Chargers 4.05 this Sunday to kick off the NFL season. Brandon Sejo, thank you so much for joining us a second time. You were on a previous podcast as well. We always appreciate uh, your time coming on the podcast. So, we're going to put the schedule in the show notes as well so you guys can keep track of the Bengals as they head into their 2020 campaign. We'll see you guys next week. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This has been WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. I'm Stephen Albritton. Thanks for listening.